Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Germany in Focus, a news podcast made possible by members of The Local. Germany's new citizenship law finally made it to the Bundestag after months of delays. So today we're going to talk about what we learned from the first debate. Harsh winter weather has been causing travel chaos in Germany. So we're going to talk about your rights if you're caught up in train or flight delays and whether we can expect a snowy festive season. A new global ranking says that German school students' performance on subjects like maths and reading has nosedived. We'll get into what happened. Are you entitled to Weihnachtsgeld or Christmas money? We'll tell you about this special German bonus and who can get it. Germany's budget crisis is still causing problems. So today we're looking at developments and what would actually happen if the government didn't agree a budget for next year. Lastly, we're having a chat about what we can expect in Germany in 2024, including tax changes, new laws and big events. I'm Rachel Loxon and I'm in Berlin today with journalists Aaron Burnett and James Jackson. Hello. Hello. Hi there. Nice to see you both. How are you? I'm enjoying the snow. Yeah, it's lovely to be back on the podcast and uh, walk through the snowy Schöneberg to get here. So, <laughs> Well, it's nice having my wonderful friend James on uh, with us today as well. I would also like to point out that in the year or so, more actually, that we have been doing this podcast, we have never had more than one male panelist in an episode. Oh my goodness. I know. That's, this is a first today. Th- it's raining men. Purpose. Yes, it is. <laughs> or snowing men. It's as snowing the, men, yeah. As, as the case may be. <laughs> However, I will also point out that I'm still outnumbered by two people uh, from the UK. So there you go. Scotland and England represented here in the booth and Canada. But there. <laughs> <laughs> Controversial. Yes. But uh-huh. That's true. That's true. We don't really have men on here that often. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just me. Just you. <laughs> and James last week or however many weeks ago. Yes, we're changing it up a little bit. But guys, this is kind of sad because it's probably going to be our last episode for this year. We might try and do a special before the year is up if we can pull something together. But it's been a little tricky with not so many staff around at the moment. So we're stopping a little bit earlier. But it's been a blast this year, hasn't it? Yeah, we have had uh, citizenship law reforms, our favorite story. We've had immigration law reforms or skilled immigration law reforms. We've seen cannabis laws hit the draft table, uh, Christmas markets, all kinds of things. It's uh, a, a lot has happened. It's been great to do. And more is coming, too, especially in 2024. So, you know, I'd like to say thank you to everyone for listening. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Thank you so much. And I genuinely cannot believe that it's been a year, that a whole year has passed. Like it just felt like spring a minute ago. I know. I know. Don't worry. We've got a lot of winter left. (laughs) (laughs) We do. We do. Do the German thing of escaping to Spain. (laughs) 
Let's start off today with our favorite topic, as Aaron mentioned, the plans to relax citizenship rules in Germany. On Thursday last week, the draft law finally had its first outing in the Bundestag. We've waited many, many months for this. There have been loads of delays. So this is a major step towards the law becoming a reality, hopefully next year. James, what should we take away from the debate? So I think it's fair to say the debate was quite fractious, as you would expect with the atmosphere in Germany around migration and foreigners at the moment. But this is a law that people have been waiting for for a long time. And the SPD's interior minister, Nancy Faeser, emphasised that Germany needs to win a competition for skilled workers to fight what's called the Fachkräftemangel, which is the lack of skilled workers, which people see as a risk to Germany's economy, which is already starting to suffer from. So she said in the Bundestag that this law would make Germany stronger and more competitive. But the CDU opposition, the, the Christian Democrats, so called this fairy tales. That came from Philip Amtor, one of the youngest parliamentarians. And then his colleague Trom criticized the so-called turbo naturalization option of getting citizenship within three years, which is quite quickly, uh, saying that it will devalue citizenship and would be the wrong answer to a supposed migrant crisis. Now, behind the scenes, there is also a debate within the coalition about who can get the new fast track citizenship, whether it's people who've received benefits, such as disabled people, whether they should be able to, people who've received Burgergeld, unemployment benefits effectively with the FDP against that and the SPD for. There is also the question of anti-Semitism and whether the law is going to be stricter, with the government being pretty clear that they're going to make it much more difficult to get German citizenship if you have been suspected of anti-Semitism, committing an anti-Semitic crime in the past. Yeah, so really there there was a lot going on in that debate, right? And the opposition really went for it. So as a reminder, we're going to see the required residency period reduced from eight to five years. And as James mentioned, the fast track three years is some circumstances such as having fluent German. And holding multiple nationalities will be allowed for everyone under the new law. These are the big changes planned. So what happens to the law now and should we expect any other changes, James? Well, as I mentioned, um, the question of anti-Semitism and how exactly they're going to look at whether people have committed anti-Semitic crimes in the past is likely to get uh, looked at by the coalition as well as this question of benefits. But whether we see changes or not, I think we can expect to see the law in the Bundestag for a second reading sometime early next year where it's very likely to pass after which it'll have to pass the Bundesrat, which is Germany's second chamber, where state governments are represented. Now, the coalition parliamentarians involved in drafting this law have told us in the past that they don't think this is the type of law that the Bundesrat can block, which might be a relief to listeners, as the Bundesrat is currently controlled by the Christian Union, who are the opposition and have be, are quite opposed to this law. But it does mean more delays, and I think many listeners will believe we've had enough of those already. Well, and also it does have to pass the Bundesrat period, even if they can't block it. So we only have a couple of dates uh, next year where the Bundesrat 
Democrat actually even sits to be able to pass this law. So that's February 2nd, uh, the 22nd of March, and then again on the 26th of April, which is when parliamentarians have said that they want this law in effect. So there's only a couple of dates even on that calendar where they could even consider it and pass it. So they, the, the Bundestag parliamentarians need to be in time um, for one of these particular dates as well. That's German efficiency for you. There you go. <laughs> We also had an interesting story surface this week regarding the eastern state of Saxony-Anhalt, which is now requiring people who are applying for citizenship there to kind of sign a declaration recognizing the state of Israel. Can you tell us about this, James? Yes. So this was an announcement from Saxony-Anhalt's interior minister, Tamara Tsishang from CDEU yesterday. And she decreed effectively that anyone applying for citizenship in the state will have to provide a written statement committing themselves to Israel's right to exist, arguing that this was because of Israel's security is allegedly part of Germany's Staatsraison, It's part of respecting the basic democratic order that you already have to to sign up to be a German citizenship. This is something that was first proposed by CDU leader Friedrich Merz back in October after Hamas's attack on southern Israel. But I think this state decree came as a bit of a surprise to most of us because people assumed that if this was even legally possible, it would have to be changed on a federal or even a constitutional level because there's questions about whether it fits with the right to free opinion. But this morning, I spoke to a number of lawyers who are specialists in migration or, or Palestinian issues, and they doubt that this law is actually, or this decree is actually legal. But of course, to have it overturned, someone would have to challenge it, either before or after actually refusing to sign it. And people might not want to do that in this political climate, and it might get in the way of them getting citizenship. So while this law does have some support from across the political spectrum, others have pointed it out that it's rather unfair as German-born citizens can have whatever political views they want on the state of Israel, while Germany actually doesn't recognize most Palestinians. So they're stateless here, and then they would have to recognize the statehood of Israel before they can get any statehood in the first place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's interesting because it is actually being discussed at the federal level as well for the new citizenship law. So that is part of the debates ongoing at the moment, if that will come into the new citizenship law. But it's quite unusual for a state to make this move just on, yeah. a, on a federal law. Realistically, it probably is illegal. I mean, we do know um, that one of the reasons why the governing coalition doesn't believe that the Bundesrat uh, can block this wall uh, law and the CDU is very strong in, in, in that particular chamber. One of the reasons they believe that the Bundesrat can't block this law is because citizenship is supposed to be basically and exclusively a federal co- uh, competence. So is this law constitutional? That's a very good question. Good chance it isn't. But as James says, um, for anyone to actually challenge it, they actually have to put some political capital on the table. And that's something that's a little bit uh, risky, even within the governing coalition. Certainly, there's going to be members of the governing coalition who don't even necessarily mind that pressure being put on them. And this could also be a tactic from the Christian Democrats to basically say, okay, well, we brought this up at the federal level in the Bundestag. Mm -hmm. We'll bring it up at the state level again and try and see if we can put some, you know, pressure 
pressure on the uh, governing coalition from there. So a lot, there's a lot of strategy in doing this as well. And of course, on a state level, the RFD are, I think, right in front of the CDU in Saxony and the Holt. So yes, probably an element of local politics. Yeah, the far right party. Aaron, one of our most read stories on the local in the last few weeks has been about whether people should apply now for German citizenship or wait until the law has changed. What should people consider? So there's two main scenarios to consider here. And which one you go for basically depends on whether you think, as parliamentarians working on this draft law have told us, that it'll be on the books by April. Now, as we reported already last year, <laughs> we've been doing this story a while now. We really have. <laughs> yeah. Um, this draft law was supposed to have hit the Bundestag a year ago. <laughs> I know. Uh, and even though the governing coalition negotiated the basic parameters in their agreement in 2021 already, It got tied up in government and state consultations. And when it was finally slated to go before the Bundestag in November, parliamentarians delayed it yet again to open up the language, uh, as James has been talking about, on what anti-Semitic acts would see you barred from citizenship. This draft law is through the government cabinet, so no more hold up there, we, we, we would hope. But we don't know how long members of the Bundestag will spend debating it. And again, as James has been saying, it really depends on whether the governing parties can come to agreements on things like what language would address anti-Semitism as the liberal FTP wants, or whether recipients of certain benefits can naturalize as the Social Democrats want. I've spoken with foreigners here who say they will not apply until uh, the new law passes simply because it just keeps getting delayed and delayed. Uh, and I think that perspective is understandable. You know, we'll go for a sure thing because, you know, like it's been delayed so much. We're a year behind schedule already and people are low on trust. But if, however, parliamentarians really do have this done for April, if that second reading comes up in early next year, as, as, as we've heard, it does make sense to at least apply for your initial consultation now. So if you live in a place like Berlin, it can take months for you to even get this initial phone call with authorities, never mind actually sending in all the paperwork for your application. So it may make a sense to request at least that right now if you haven't yet. We have been assured that the law that's in place at the time when a person finally naturalizes is the law that's important, not what was in place at the time that you started your application. So it may make sense to simply take your application as far as you can before getting to the point of having to, for example, renounce your previous nationality and then simply wait until the new law is in effect. And given the wait times in some places, and we know that here in Berlin better than most, there's a decent chance that those who apply now will still be in their application process by the time the law passes, months uh, or even a year-long wait reported. Point is, we're all waiting for this law, but there's a lot of things you can do in the meantime. In some places, you have to wait several months to do your citizenship test, for example. So maybe go ahead and book that in. Getting your language test ready to go uh, will help too. Uh, when you're finally ready to take that plunge and you have all those documents ready to go. And guys, let me ask you, One quick question. So is the law going to pass next year? Yes. Yeah, I think so. We vote yes? I would vote yes, definitely. I would vote yes. But we don't know in what form. But I think it'll be quite similar to how it is now. Well, ultimately, too, I mean, we have to keep in mind that we have another federal election in 2025, and I think this government is probably going to lose. <laughs> um, so <laughs> they have they have certain, if if the polls are to be believed right now, it'd yeah. be very difficult to uh, form a coalition with any party other than the CDU, which, of course, is very, very opposed to this law. So, however, once you have it on the books, uh, it's very difficult for them to get rid of mm. it because none of these parties that they would go into coalition with would vote to repeal it. So, and it, it is 
something that they agree on. As a, it's, yeah. it's one of the few things that the Ample actually agree on, I could say. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's now or never. We're <laughs> handing it, it yeah. over to you. And they think, I think they all know that too, right? Yeah. So I think it will pass. Thank you both so much for those updates. We'll include some stories in the show notes on the, the topics that we've been talking about there. And I should also note that we're recording this on Wednesday, December the 6th. Okay, let's move on. It has been a terrible week for many people in Germany, especially those trying to travel in southern parts of the country. Munich has been hit really hard with snow and then freezing rain turned ice, closed the airport and affected loads of flights as well as trains there. Hopefully by the time people are listening to this episode on Friday, the problems have cleared up. But let's have a quick chat about what people can do if they're in this position. Aaron, we've been writing about thousands of people being stranded in Munich because of the airport closure. What rights do people have if they get stuck in this situation? So under normal circumstances, if you have a delay uh, in your flight, EU passenger rights apply. Um, and, you know, because Munich, of course, obviously is in the EU, any flight that originates or terminates there, regardless of where it goes, uh, falls under uh, the rules. You can get up to 600 uh, euros in compensation if your flight is cancelled at short notice. But there is a very clear exception to this, and that exception uh, is that the that rule doesn't apply to something that you know couldn't have been reasonably avoided, and adverse weather events like this one certainly would be one of those unavoidable things. So unfortunately, that means that these compensation rules don't apply uh, in this particular case. Uh, it is though worth speaking to your airline. Uh, if something like this happens, as they may provide compensation of their own accord, they do, of course, have to get you on an alternative flight if one is available. So always do speak to your airline, even if the EU passenger regulations don't um, apply in those cases. I believe this week the European Commission has been talking about extending the rights of air travelers. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, and airlines aren't that happy about it. The proposals would see compensation claims paid out for what are called multimodal journeys. There's a few other things in there, but this is one of the one, one of the most interesting ones to me. Basically, what's a multimodal journey? It basically means that if you take a plane for the first leg, for example, and then a train for the second leg, the airline would then have to reimburse you for both your missed flight and your missed train if there was a cancellation. Mm. So if you missed that next connection because your flight got canceled. They'd have to fork out for that. Now, these are just proposals at the moment. We don't actually know what's eventually going to pass, you know, European Commission, Parliament, et cetera, et cetera. So let's see where that one goes. But yeah, it's it's not a favorite piece of legislation of European airlines at the moment, to say the least. I can imagine. And that's on the back of the COVID pandemic, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. When tons of stuff was cancelled. <laughs> Everything was cancelled. Everything was cancelled. What about when it comes to long distance train travel? Deutsche Bahn, I saw this week, was urging people to postpone travelling. For example, long distance trains going south of Munich were massively affected by the weather. What should people do if they're in this situation? So Deutsche Bahn in this particular case allowed people who had tickets booked for December 2nd to simply use them on other days of this week at no extra charge. Often they'll do something like that. Or they'll let you take a different train to the same destination. Uh, it might take a different route than the one that you were originally supposed to take. So if you were supposed to 
for example, go to, I don't know, Stuttgart or Mannheim or whatever, and you were supposed to pass through Munich, then, you know, you might be able to pass um, through a place that's a bit further north to avoid Munich, and that would be allowed in that particular case. And Deutsche Bahn usually will tell you if that's something that they're, you know, going to allow you to do. And in this situation, that often happens. If you have questions, they set up a special hotline. This one in this case is 08000 996633 996633 so they would they usually give a hotline number or they give some information. So yeah, exactly. So it's just not check great, with, but you can figure yeah. it out. But check with Deutsche Bahn. They'll usually they'll usually tell you you know what to do in that particular case like that. But your ticket for that day is often good on another day if if something like that happens. Yeah, and usually with Deutsche Bahn, as I experienced recently, and I'm definitely not the only one. If you miss your connection, you can then later get get a later connection. So. Good to know. Well, I mean, 33 percent of passengers last year fell into exactly that. Wow, well, yeah. I think that's only scenario. 50%. In, in November, only 50% of trains were on time, just over 50%. Oh, so. Well, there you go. Mm. Not yeah. great. Not great for Deutsche Bahn. Can I just say that I had, I've had i had great experiences on Deutsche Bahn from train travel this year. I, I think this everything year, has worked out for me. I was about to say how long ago was that? Because it yeah, at the start yeah. of the year, the, the, the numbers were quite good. I have to say, though, I still really like the board bist hall. Oh, so, it's amazing. But then I heard a rumor that they're actually canceling it. Do so. not say that. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to believe it, uh, and I haven't checked it, so maybe I shouldn't have said it at all. Okay, well, let's hope that's fake news. Yeah, <laughs> we'll look into yeah. it for y'all. Also, they're so friendly. Yeah, that's true, actually, and it's just something quite stylish. I think sitting yeah. on a train with nice red cushions and people bringing you beer, effectively. <laughs> Wonderful. Since we are talking about the weather, what can we expect from the next few weeks, Aaron? Is it too early to tell if we're going to see a white Christmas in Germany? Um, Probably. Uh, We do still have a few weeks to go. About 60% of Europe is under snow cover right now. That's an event that we haven't seen for over a decade, actually, last I checked. But we could see parts of Germany warm up uh, really starting over the weekend and into next week. Uh, We could be seeing five degrees with a bit of rain coming up in the future. So rather than a white Christmas, we might, you know, potentially have a wet one. Let's see how uh, long this wintry weather lasts. Okay. Aaron the weatherman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah new feather in my cap now. <laughs> new snow on my hat. To we, should, we should get this more often. Yeah. You're delivering the weather. <laughs> with your hotline. But we should do it in, in the form of song like they do in Greece. Have you seen that? You don't want me to sing. <laughs> this is something you don't he want. He doesn't like karaoke, so okay. we won't, we won't <laughs> yeah. do that to him. But loves, no Euro- loves Eurovision. Yes, yes. <laughs> Obsessed. <laughs> yes, that's true. But that's because I don't sing it. <laughs> hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. 
Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Okay, let's move on. A new international ranking has found that German school students' performance on subjects like maths, reading, and science has dropped dramatically. So this is the latest program for international student assessment or PISA study based on 2022 results. And it is the first study published since the COVID pandemic. James, can you tell us more about this study and what it tells us about how German pupils are doing? So the short answer is German pupils aren't doing very well at all. Germany's PISA scores dropped really significantly to the worst level ever in all of the subjects measured, such as reading comprehension and natural sciences, but they were doing particularly badly in maths, dropping a full 25 points, with the declines equivalent to about a year's worth of lacking progress in school. And this is based on tests, is it? Yes, so these are tests... Basically, people have to do across different countries the same tests and they test whether school pupils are doing well or badly in a range of different subjects. What's behind this drop? So Germany has been seeing a gradual decrease in scores for a while with a shortage of teachers. And one of my personal bugbears, and I've talked about it on this show before as a guest, a very socially segregated school system. But the reason why it dropped so precipitously was definitely the pandemic. And most European countries that experienced lockdowns saw a similar drop. But Germany's was bigger than almost any others. I think only the Netherlands dropped as much as Germany. So observers have blamed this massive drop on the terrible state of Germany's digitalization, particularly in schools, as well as the haphazard way that school lockdowns were organized by states. Some have also blamed failing integration with kids from a migrant background, perhaps not getting enough linguistic support to fully engage in class, uh, with that bringing average scores down. And then, of course, there is the shortage of teachers that so many German states are struggling with. So Germany, the land of Dichter and Denker, is apparently no longer a land of mathematicians. How do German schools compare to other countries then, James? Do we have more info on that? Yeah, so there was actually a P, what was called the PISA shock in the early 2000s when Germany, this country with such a proud intellectual history, noticed that actually their schools weren't doing very well at all. And this has been called the, the PISA shock too. In recent years, Germany was above the OECD average, but according to these new statistics, it's dropped to the average behind most of its neighbours and most Eastern European countries with the top spot in Europe going to Estonia. And of course, a number of Southeast Asian countries like Singapore have also done very well. Many of them did not experience lockdowns to the same degree as Europe did. So, Really interesting. Thanks for that, James. As we've been talking about in the last few episodes, Germany is in the grip of a debt crisis after a top court ruling said that using loans meant for the COVID pandemic was unconstitutional. That left a funding gap in the budget for 2023 and messed up future spending plans. Now, as we discussed last week, the government is trying to suspend the debt break once again for this year, which would cover much of the budget for for 2023. 
But the budget for 2024 has been put on hold and they're still scrambling around for 17 billion euros, I believe. A lot of talks are going on right now. Aaron, what's causing a stalemate here? Well, the government is debating exactly where to find the 17 billion. I mean, plenty, the, the different parties have certainly have ideas for where to find it, but they don't necessarily coincide with each other, <laughs> which you might uh, expect in a three-party coalition. Obviously, the the uh, Social Democrats headed by Olaf Scholz, the chancellor, are much more keen to suspend the constitutional debt break than uh, the f- liberal free Democrats are, headed, of course, by Christian Lindner, the finance minister. He himself has found uh, three areas for proposed cuts. So those would be social welfare, international aid, uh, and unspecified funding programs. So a lot of things are going on behind uh, closed doors. A lot of proposals are are flying. It's not even necessarily clear uh, which of those proposals are even feasible or legal or or whether they can actually uh, happen. One example uh, of such a proposal is the increase in Bogegeld to 563 euros a month per household. There's some government figures saying, let's ax that. Um, ax that increase, find the money. But then others are perhaps saying that, you know, this is this is too um, far gone into the implementation for us to be able to actually do that. We, we're, we're, we're committed to this. So uh, long story short, there's a lot of compromises to find uh, in a government that has a lot of disagreements at the best of times, not much time to find them. We could, uh, of course, even this week see um, you know, we're recording this on Wednesday, December 6th. We could see even this week a, a compromise. But if we don't, then we end up having a further question of exactly what happens next with no clear budget plan. And it's not likely to be a happy compromise, is it? So Probably yeah. not. No. Se- 17 billion, not exactly the kind of stuff you can find at the back of your sofa. Yeah, or in, you know, the bottom of your wallet or in Mm -hmm. the dryer that you've forgotten. (laughs) We will include any updates to this story in the show notes. But what would happen if the government couldn't agree on a budget, Aaron? Would we ever see a US-style shutdown in Germany? No, and you can thank the German constitution for that. Um, I know this is a question. We might even get this question in the future, regardless of whether they agree uh, this time around, simply because, um, you know, the, the debt break has now been suspended a couple of years in a row. You can spend it uh, once a year due to emergencies. Uh, COVID was was one such emergency. If there's no budget agreement, the Constitution allows for a what's called a provisional budget clause. Basically, the government can propose a draft budget uh, and they can pay out money to government staff for services up to a certain amount until that draft budget can actually finally be signed officially into law. So even if the worst happens and we don't end up seeing a budget agreement, um, you know, now or at a point in the future, we're not likely to see anything like a U.S. style shutdown. Thank you very much for that. Before we carry on with our discussion, I'd like to ask that you consider supporting our podcast by becoming a member of The Local. We are an independent media outlet and your support is what allows us to produce all the news and all of the cultural and practical explainer articles that we write and it allows us to do this podcast. If you'd like to join, you can find a link to a special offer for podcast listeners in the show notes, or you can get to it directly at thelocal.de slash podcast offer. Please take a moment to leave a review and a rating wherever you listen to your podcasts. Let's now have a quick chat about a practical topic concerning working in Germany. I thought today we could talk about Weihnachtsgeld. Now, this is a Christmas 
bonus in in Germany that many people are entitled to or can perhaps ask about in their negotiations. Negotiate for your Christmas gift from <laughs> yeah. your employer. Very festive. <laughs> yeah, we're, it's very festive. Uh-huh. James, what is Weihnachtsgeld anyway and who gets it? As I said, it's a very festive term for an end-of-year bonus paid by employers. It's sometimes referred to as a 13-month salary in other countries like Belgium. And you should have already received it at the end of November if you are entitled to it. So just over half of all German workers get it, particularly in Western states, while in the East it is less common. Really, you should have been told about it when signing your contract or negotiating with your trade union or works council. There is, however, a stipulation that if you've been paid it three times in a row previously, then it does start to count as mandatory. Wow. Yeah. Um, Now, us freelancers are pretty unlikely to get it. Unfortunately. Yeah. Um, Although quite a lot of employees on short-term contracts do get it about 45%. So happy Christmas, everyone. Yeah, absolutely. And this is why you should subscribe to The Local because we have a whole explainer on this topic. And I had no idea about it until we wrote this article. And I was like, (laughs) this is a great idea. I've never had it, I have to say. And I have been staff in Germany. so I don't think many, many people know about it. I mean, I've had it once. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. In the past, you know, when I was properly employed on a (laughs) contract that had a Christmas bonus clause. Well, sometimes they call it Urlaubsgeld now as well to make it less, you know, focused on Christmas. Oh, really? Yeah, that's another option. A bit of extra money, effectively. Okay, well, definitely something to ask about if you are an employee in Germany. Okay, we're finishing off today with a chat about what we can expect from next year about life in Germany. So we won't go into all the details on these topics because we'll talk more about them next year as the year progresses. But let's do an overview. Let's start with some money and tax things. Aaron, what's changing in 2024? Could we be left with more money in our pay packets after tax? Well, the short answer is yes, but also it's complicated. This is Yeah, there's a lot of changes to tax and various financial issues, which is why you should subscribe to The Local and read our article on this that is in the show notes. Yeah, which I actually wrote. I know. It was, it's a good one. It's a good one and it's a long one, readers. <laughs> so if you love to read about taxes, you're in the right place. Yes, exactly. But just to go over a couple of the just the big highlights, you'll find a full list in there, but um, some main ones. Right now, the first uh, 10,908 euros you earn is tax-free. Uh, it's only what you earn above that that's subject to tax every year. Now, that basic allowance is going up next year in 2024. It'll go up to 11,604 euros. Married couples will see their joint amount uh, head up to 23,208 euros. So there we go. Basic tax allowances, um, you know, keep more money in your pocket. Furthermore, the child exemptions. So money a parent gets to keep per child that they have is increasing by about 300 euros to just under 6,400 per year. However, at the same time, some costs are also going up. So health insurance premiums um, could see a hike of 0.1% as public insurance funds uh, rush to try and plug financial back black holes, which have been an issue for a while. Uh, vehicle insurance is getting about 10% more expensive. Uh, and energy price breaks are ending, partly because of this 
debt break that has put the kibosh on them um, for the the end of 2023. So a lot of changes in both directions on allowances and costs. Do read our story for for the full thing. Okay, guys, what about significant law changes? Anything on the cards apart from the dual citizenship law, which we've already talked about, which should come into force next year? So um, there's one law that I'm really excited about, and that is the new cannabis law, which will effectively legalize or decriminalize cannabis in a similar model to how Spain does it, but going a step further. Actually, in my student days, I used to be a drug policy reform activist. You can make that what you will. But He's excited I, about the law. I'm excited about the law, um, but particularly from an economic level, because I think with Germany's finances in a pretty poor shape, this could be a great way of taking money from criminals, from the black market, and bringing it into the tax man's pocket so that we can maybe find some of that 17 billion. So I also think this is an interesting one for um, Germany as a sort of socially liberal country and for the Ample Coalition. That It's one of those laws that's meant to bring the three coalition partners together. And it's the sort of thing that you're never going to pass when the CDU are in government. So they've got a uh, limited window to pass it. And I also think one thing that's interesting, this would be one of the most, if not the most progressive law in Europe, potentially even going beyond the Netherlands. And it's nice to see Germany being a forreiter, you know, a leader rather than a follower, Mm. let's say. It is interesting, actually, um, when we look at these kinds of laws, so whether it's citizenship or whether it's even um, skilled immigration or whether it's cannabis or whether it is even the gender self-determination law yeah. that is that is uh, going through the process of becoming law right now. This is We do see these kinds of areas of, of socially liberal policies where the current governing coalition, despite all of their other disagreements, especially financially, um, seem to find agreement on. But then they also get a lot of backlash, don't they? That's the issue. So- So I think with the self-determination law, I've been quite surprised how little backlash there's been for that and for the cannabis. But that's maybe because all of the CDU's ammo has been on the uh, migrant laws. So, yeah, I think that's one of the issues. Yeah. Well, I mean, all of those looking looking like uh, 2024 is a big year to pass all of them before we end up having another election, (laughs) as we've talked about earlier. Yeah. And as you mentioned, Aaron, the skilled worker immigration law the new points-based visa should come into force in 2024, March, I believe, Mm -hmm. March or April. New family reunification laws um, as well, Mm -hmm. um, going in in with their new blue card rules, uh, all kinds of uh, exciting stuff. Yep, absolutely. And we also have a really big event in Germany next year, the Euros 2024. This is not Eurovision, but (laughs) this is is a football Yeah, I know. We would need to win that. (laughs) This is the men actually cheering on Eurovision. (laughs) There you go. Well, Rachel talks about the Euros 24. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The Euro Cup. Yeah, Yeah, you mean Eurovision, right? (laughs) I do not mean Eurovision. Finland was robbed. The football championship is being held in lots of cities around Germany. It starts with a game in Munich. Actually, it will be Germany versus Scotland kicking off. My Ooh. dad told me that, by the way. I did not actually watch the draw that happened in Are we going to end up on opposite sides of the I of mean, the yeah, because I'll there. be supporting Scotland. Okay. All right. Deutsche maybe, Can- maybe Canada will get in one year. I'm uh, joking. This is, <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is where my Deutsche Mannschaft hat comes on. Uh-huh. And the final takes place a month later on July 14th. And even if you don't have tickets, the atmosphere will be amazing, guys. It will be really good. It always is. Yeah. It's fun in Germany. Another interesting event next year is that it will be the 35th anniversary of the fall of the Berlin Wall. 
on November 9th. I'm sure there will be loads of events and interesting exhibitions going on for that. I remember the 30th anniversary really well. And I'm totally freaked out because it feels like one year ago and it was in 2019. So yeah. I don't know. What is time? Well, I mean, time stopped during COVID. We know that. Yeah. <laughs> True. Yeah, unfortunately, um, we did age during that time. I, I hate know. to break it to you guys. I, I aged about we didn't feel 10 like years. it. Yeah. <laughs> I hope I've aged less. <laughs> but anyway, um, politically, uh, we are also going to see uh, the current traffic light coalition federally tested in 2024. We have European Parliament elections in spring. Um, take note any EU citizen resident in Germany can vote in those, not just Germans. Uh, but we also have state elections in three Eastern European states. Uh, Turinga, Brandenburg, and Saxony. And the far-right off day is expected to do well or even come uh, first in those, uh, which will make it increasingly difficult to govern without them as German parties do, not violating the principle of not working with the far-right. Uh, that's going to be a lot harder in, in those particular states. And the federal government will be watching that closely as a precursor uh, for what uh, might be in the cards in 2025 when, again, as I've said, we... Uh, um, Germans next go to the polls uh, nationally. And of course, there might be another party, mightn't there? The BSW. Yeah, Sarah Wagen connects new, new uh, outfit, which yes. is not officially oh, yeah, a party we, yet. We but... talked about that in a previous episode. Yes, mm. we did. So yeah. they could be, end up playing quite a big role in Thuringia, according to some polls I've seen. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be one to watch in Absolutely. September, those, for sure. Absolutely. That's it for this week and this year. So thank you so much to you, all of our amazing listeners. As always, we will add the links in the show notes for the stories we've been talking about today. This week's panelists have been Aaron Burnett and James Jackson. Our sound engineer is Reese Edwards. I'm Rachel Loxton. We hope you enjoyed listening and we will be back again next year. If we can come back earlier for a special, we will. But thank you so much for listening and we'll see you soon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.